Hi everyone, welcome back to the Happiness Safari podcast. I want to say that I'm so happy and overwhelmed by your responses, reviews, and messages. To me, it means the world that you're listening and sharing this podcast with your friends and family. I feel truly blessed for where I am in my life at this moment in time. I'm lucky enough to be able to travel and teach in different studios in the world, living in different places and meeting all these incredible people. After spending the last five months in Kenya, I just went on my first vacation this year with my family in Italy, and I never enjoyed spending time with them more than now. But my life has not always been that way. There were many struggles and lots of loneliness, helplessness, and self-doubt. Thank God I had the help of some amazing mentors, teachers, and coaches who helped me get out of my depression and to create the life I want. Today, I speak to Demi Lara about how there's always a solution and why we should never be afraid to ask for help. Demi Lara is a strategic intervention life coach like me, author, speaker, dancer, and fitness instructor who loves life and radiates with such contagious positive energy. As a life coach, Demi Lara finds fulfillment in driving collaborative change and feels rewarded in celebrating science growth and breakthroughs. She's personally committed to what matters most in their lives, careers, businesses, and relationships. Born in Nigeria, Dami Laura has traveled to over 26 countries and lived in eight of them across Africa, Asia, Europe, and Central and North America. When not coaching, you might find Dami Laura dancing, drumming, traveling, or doing triathlon. In today's episode, we speak about learned helplessness and why we are all more resourceful than we think. He figured out what happiness is at a very young age just by listening to other people. From the episode, you will learn why we can fail but only learn, how much your physiology changes your mood, why you should always ask for help, how to overcome struggles, why bad moments don't define your day, why you are in control of your emotions. While you're listening to this, you might want to move around and dance a little because this is a very enjoyable and happy interview and Demi Lau's positive energy is contagious. Please enjoy it. Hi and welcome everyone to the Happiness Safari podcast and today I have the honor to talk to Demi Lowry Adiri and so happy you are here and you took the time and uh, yeah, how are you today? No, I'm doing very good. Thank you, Nadine. Actually, very good is more like I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing. And for everybody who's watching, you can see that on your big smile. Definitely look like you are doing fantastic. You live in, in Florida. And do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and, and who you are before we dive into your story? <laughs> yeah, I would love to do that. So my name is Damlara Dieri, as Nadine just said. I currently live in Tampa, Florida uh, with my wife and daughter, who is almost three. I work as a life coach. You could also catch me as a dance instructor or fitness trainer. Oh, I didn't know that. I want to hear more about that. Um, okay, cool. And yeah, we just had a little uh, chat before. And um, it's, I think, very inspiring that you actually figured out the, the key to happiness when you're very young. And uh, I guess that kind of led you also to being a coach today. So if you just want to share how that kind of started and um, yeah, what did you do? 
Absolutely. So I was telling you earlier on that, I mean, right when I was young, I grew up being like the go-to friend, you know, confident, personal strategist for a lot of my uh, family and friends, you know, and that was because first of all, you know, I I was always there, like I listened, you know, and, and people love that, right? People love to be listened mm. to. Uh, but what was really the game changer for me was I figured out three rules or I can say three guidelines, you know, that has helped me a lot when I find myself in a difficult situation, right? So every time I find myself in a difficult situation, I ask myself three questions. The first one is, can I live with this, right? So when I evaluate, is it really bad? Is it really that difficult? Is it really that terrible? Can I live with it? If I can live with it, I don't worry myself about it. I mean, there's no reason to worry myself about it if I can live with it, if it's not that bad, right? If I decide that it's bad and I can't live with it, then the next question I ask myself is, how can I change this, right? What can I do to influence this? You know, is there something I can do? Is there somebody I can talk to? Is there some way I can get help? Because I've never been afraid to ask for help, even from strangers, to get myself out of situations where I don't want to be. You know, and so if I then find out, okay, well, I cannot change the situation, I'm not able to get help to change the situation, then the next question is, how do I get myself the heck out of here? <laughs> because seriously, you know, if I cannot live with it, if I cannot change it, then I want to get out of the situation, you know, and again, I see what I can do, I ask for help. And that kind of just is somewhere in the back of my mind all the time. You know, when you think about primary questions I ask myself when I'm in a situation that is unpleasant or uncomfortable, those are the three questions. Mm, wow. That's a very yeah. cool concept, actually. So can you give us an example of your life? Maybe when was, um, I don't know, the biggest decision you made based on these uh, three questions where you decided you actually have to change it? <laughs> I mean, so my life is a life of stories, you know, and if we go into all the details, we probably would have been done here. Uh, but I, I think about a situation, let's see what would be the best one to share that people could learn from the most. Um, one of it, for example, was, you know, hmm, let's see. All right, so here's the story. So I went to grad school in the US and, you know, as part of, my grad school, you know, as an international student, you do need to pay, right? I mean, I mean, that's one of the ways that the U.S. economy and the education system makes money. International students pay into it. So there was a time where I actually was really struggling financially um, that I could not get the money I needed to pay, you know? And so I kept begging my landlord, you know, like, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. And then I wasn't getting all the money together. And then <laughs> it's funny I can laugh about it right now. And so my landlord eventually then said, okay, I don't care about the money you owe me, but you just got to go, right? You have to leave. And so I said, fine, I have to leave. And then so I started, you know, talking to people, you know, like, hey, this is what's going on. I need help. You know? And so that's the first question, like, can I live with this, right? I mean, of course, you know, <laughs> I can't live with not having enough money or not being able to pay. So I do need to do something different, change, right? And so when I started thinking about change, I was like, well, how can I influence the situation? Lala is not willing to keep me any longer. I need to get out. And so I started talking to people and friends. And somehow in that process, 
you know, one of my professor friends that I connected with knew another professor, well, actually they were not a professor, but another member in their church who happened to have a guest room because their son was going on a hike that year, was going on the Appalachian Trail through hike. It's something that, you know, most hikers aspire to do. And so it just worked out then that I had a room to stay. Um, and I ended up staying with them for about, I want to say, six or eight months oh. uh, till I, you know, it was my last year of grad school. And they tell me all the time that we are lucky to have you. I tell them all the time that, no, you are a blessing <laughs> to me. Um, but, you know, so that was one thing, right? And and what would have been the reverse, right, to to feel sad and sorry and, you know, cry about my situation and say, oh, this is terrible. I'm by myself in the U.S., in a new country. I don't have the money. I don't have the funding. You know, there's a lot, you know, and that could easily have taken me to a place of depression where I feel helpless, right? I feel that, you know, things are not in my control. The difference was realizing that things were in my control, that even if I didn't have the money right away, and here's the kicker, right? So you may not know, but as an international student in the U.S., you cannot work off campus. So you can't just go work like at a coffee shop or a restaurant mm-hmm. or somewhere to earn money. So my ways of working were really, really very limited, you know, and occasionally we have access to on-campus jobs, but that doesn't even pay a lot. And that's very competitive too. And I went to like a small to mid-sized uh, university. So thinking about that, you know, it wasn't like I was just going to go work and have money. I really needed help, you know, and it could be anything, right? You know, I'm sad. This is crazy. This is not working. I'm going back to my home country. But it was that determination to make things work and just ask for help um, that helped me come through. So that was a situation where I could not live with not having money, but I became creative, became resourceful in finding help. And at the end of the day, it was a win-win because... It was right when their son was leaving home. They also needed someone to stay in the house. And yeah, there it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very cool story. And I guess uh, you just stayed in the U.S. after that or you came back? That's, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, and, and so what then happened was actually it was a long story. But um, did stay in the U.S. after my grad school was here for another year, then left the U.S. actually. Um, I did an Erasmus Mundus master's degree program, which is another story section of my life. <laughs> and actually spent some time in Europe. So spent some time in, in Norway, in France, in Hungary and the U.K., then moved to Belgium, then moved to Singapore. <laughs> um <laughs> before I came back to the U.S. So, but that's a whole, I mean, that different chapter of my life, which uh, I would love to share those who want to hear about it, but <laughs> focusing on, you know, this idea of finding happiness for me, is really about being resourceful, right? Focusing on what you have control over, you know, and sometimes it's really just asking for help, you know, and not mm. being afraid to do that. Um, because things happen in life, right? Things would always happen. And, you know, and when things happen, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. But I like what you said about that you, you know, are in charge and you have the power to change something. And I guess a lot of people for different reasons, they don't really feel like empowered uh, 
And then, I mean, also, you know, Tony Robbins says, like, life doesn't happen to you, but it happens for you. And knowing that, that you can get out of whatever, like, situation. And I also like that, asking for help. And I'm just wondering, have you always just made positive experience when you ask for help? Or were there also negative experiences, setbacks, like moments where even you were sitting at home and crying and being like, oh, I don't know how, <laughs> until you get back on track and you were like okay i have to pull through and there will be a way out that's a great question no so <laughs> no asking for help has not always been a positive experience however it has not stopped me right it's always like when you ask the first person and it doesn't work out you know you move on to the other person you know And there are two things that come into mind. So one, I mean, you would know this also as a coach, is this idea of learned helplessness. You know, mm -hmm. many people come to this place where they feel like I've tried everything or there's nothing I can do. And if you really ask yourself, have you really tried everything? Like everything. Because mm -hmm. if you've really tried everything, you would have found a solution, right? So that's one thing. The other part of it is, no, it's it's not all the time that everyone is willing to help. Sometimes you have to ask 10 people. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you have to ask, I don't know, 20 people uh, to get to it. I mean, so going back to my grad school experience, you know, so I talked about the housing. That was one thing because I had somebody help me a house. The other time, you know, for groceries, I talked to a friend who worked with a nonprofit and she had said, we can't give you money, but we can give you a gift card. And I was like, sure, you know, give me a gift card. I'll take it to, I mean, it was a Walmart gift card. I remember that time and it was a hundred dollar Walmart gift card. <laughs> you know, I was like, yes, please. Absolutely. Give it to me. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I took it, I took it to the store, I bought groceries and things like that, you know, so no. And, and, and here's the thing, right? When, when we ask for help from other people, we want to trust that when they say no, they cannot help. It's not, it's not a, a condemnation on us, you know, or on me as a person, you know? It's about their situation at that moment or their beliefs or their values or whatever is holding them back from, from being able to help. You know, and if they choose that, that's okay. You know, I'll move on to the next thing, you know, and, and I think the key thing here to, to sum it up is to realize that, you know, we are not living in isolation, right? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people who end up feeling, you know, sad, depressed, you know, all of that is it comes to this point where they feel like I'm alone. I have no one to talk to. I have nowhere to go. Nobody cares about me, you know, and things like that. And those those thoughts drive deep, you know, the feelings of, of sadness, you know, because then also drives down the feelings of helplessness because immediately you're thinking, well, where do I go? Who do I talk to? Mm. You know, and <laughs> I've had strangers ask me for help totally on the street, you know, and... I've helped and they, I never saw them again. They never saw me again, but I hope that, you know, in their world that they 
got the help they needed or that the help that I gave them was what they needed to bounce to the next level, whatever that mm-hmm. is for them, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I think it's so powerful what you said because I feel a lot of people um, that learned helplessness are like they try and they maybe ask one person and then they kind of give up and they make these negative experiences of, you know, there is nobody there or I am alone and they give up too easy. So they don't go to, you know, 10 people until they reach their goal or they get out of the situation, but they just fall into some kind of self-pity or you know, being like, okay, there's nothing I can change. It's crazy because now that you said that, I was thinking of my own story and um, I had a time in London where I felt like very alone and then actually very depressed. And I had exactly these thoughts, like I'm alone and nobody can help me because my family wasn't there, like nobody was around. But I did ask people for help and I just now remember and I feel like I asked my, you know, yoga teachers and I asked people I talked to and I met and I was just like, what can I do? And like, what can I do to get out of this? And I really wanted to get out of it. So I kept asking everybody. I asked all my friends, what would you do? Like, what's the tip? And then I've been trying to follow it. Whatever suggestion they would give me, eat healthier or like practice yoga every single day or like do a breathing exercise or do this or do this. And eventually it helped. And I guess it was kind of joint effort of so many people, so many conversations. And I feel if I would have just stayed in my room crying every day and not talking to anybody about it, I would probably still be there. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. And you can ask for help, you know, and and the first person, second person, third. It's kind of like, you know, when you think about it from a business perspective, right? Entrepreneurs, what makes entrepreneurs successful is they're willing to try and try and try and try until they find what works. Mm. And they fail and fail and fail and uh, yeah. Kind of, yes, yeah. you know, and, and I've heard this a lot, you know, did you really fail? Because if you learn something from it, then you did not fail. Mm. So when I try the first time and I do not get my desired outcome, right? So changing yeah. the language about it, like I did not fail. I just did not get my desired outcome. Then what did I learn from it? Because the lessons from it is what I can tweak to take to the next attempt. Mm. So maybe I changed the way I asked for the help. Maybe I became more specific in what I wanted. You know, and and you can, I mean, you probably have seen this or maybe heard it. I don't know if you've ever been around where you find people who a situation in their life made them have to be on the streets to, to beg for money or things. They ask specific. Hey, do you have five dollars? Mm. <laughs> you know, they don't say, you know, can you give me some money? Mm. You know, they say, hey, do you have four dollars? I need to get on this train, mm. something like that. You know, so again, okay, so I learned that now I need to be very specific in what I'm needing. You know, clarifying what I want and and then going that out there to ask for it. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense, and that doesn't just go for like asking people I feel that us also asking the universe or like what you wish for you know what you're aiming for like what are your goals your visions like your dreams like be specific and know you know what you want to actually like get that and uh, and maybe more absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So do you have another um, kind of key to happiness you use in your your daily life? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Dancing. That's it. Talk about the dancing. Yeah. Dance a lot, a lot, a lot. I I actually, I mean, there's never a day that I don't dance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and, and the benefits of it, you know, there's a lot to say, but one of it is that it's just like in moving your body, it releases the happy hormones, right? The endorphins, mm-hmm. that's what they're called, you know, and that just changes your state, that changes your emotions, changes your mood, you know, so the power of the music and the movement um, helps change your state. And so even when mm-hmm. you're feeling, you know, Again, I'm going to use the same words, right? Down, sad, depressed, whatever. If you can just get yourself to move, it's going to change how you feel. Yeah, I and, and 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 I want to say a little bit more about this because it's so powerful, right? So when you see someone on the street who shoulders are down, head is down, you know, like just there, how would you say they're feeling? Like that. Right. Sad, depressed, you know, feeling low, all of that. When you see somebody, you know, chest is up, shoulder back, you know, like head straight. How would you say they're feeling? Happy, confident. Right. Happy, confident, all of that, right? Strong. Open. Now, here's the interesting thing, okay? Was there a conscious decision for the person who was sad to say, Oh, I'm feeling sad inside. Now let me move my shoulders down and head down so that everybody can know I'm sad. No. No. The body automatically responded to how they were feeling internally. Mm. So if there's such a connection between our internal feelings and our body representation, we can use that movement of the body to change how we're feeling inside. Hmm. And that's how simply, you know, adjust your shoulders, adjust your chest, you know, move into the position where you want to feel. And it's only going to take a matter of time to get that. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I just want to say, guys, if you are listening or watching, you can do this right now with us, right? So in case you're sitting at home with your shoulders down and you're feeling sad, just try to like sit up straight and put your shoulders back, your chest up, and eventually even put a smile on your face, even if you don't feel it, but kind of fake it until you make it <laughs> and right. see you know, if something changes, right? <laughs> Right. And, you know, when, when they say fake it until you make it, it's, it's not so much faking it. It is actually using the body to get the emotions that you want. Yeah. It's as simple as that, you know, because even just moving your shoulders back and open up the chest allows more oxygenation to come in. Yeah. You know, allows you to take even much more full breaths. Yeah. You know, and again, you know, not to go into a lot of science here, the blood feeds on oxygen <laughs> and water <laughs> and the nutrients, right? So even yeah. just opening your chest alone allows you to take deeper breaths, you stay hydrated, but just moving the body, you know? Yeah. And that's why people who exercise also enjoy the workout, right? You know, you some people say the run is high, right? From that moving of the body or the exercise mm-hmm. or things like that. 
for me, dancing adds that benefit of exercise plus music and movement, you know, and lyrics to, to have that good feeling. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And I think, yeah, as you say, it doesn't have to be dancing for everybody. I think dancing is something you could actually do also, you know, at home. I use that as a tool as well. When you feel low, you make sure you have a <clears throat> happy song or a happy playlist and turn it on and you kind of just start dancing at home. But as you say, like the run is high or I have that often with like yoga students, you know, they struggle through the class and it's so exhausting. And for 90 minutes, they give everything. And then after like, I feel so good. And like, yeah, of course you feel so good because you changed your posture and yeah, you activated your blood flow. Exactly. You started breathing differently and like everything in your body is activated. So yeah, no matter what it is, but it is basically movement and moving as much as as possible puts you in a different state so yeah i really really like that yeah that's a good one yeah thank you so, so yeah great. we can just say movement right movement changing your posture i mean for me movement is dancing broadly mm -hmm. speaking you know movement right so changing your posture changing you know again adjusting your body to mirror the emotions you want to feel inside mm. yeah very good that's beautiful And uh, yeah, I feel like we should play music now and dance. <laughs> yeah, we should actually. <laughs> Do you have any music there? I'm like, find the music that speaks to you, right? Mm. I mean, really, that's it. Find the music that speaks to you, the beat that moves you. Uh, because some songs, for the right purpose, also seem to be much more calm and meditative or melancholic. Um, if that's how you want to feel, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then that's how the song is going to make you feel. But if you're wanting more upbeat, happy, you know, and just even just go to like whatever your music sources, like Spotify, you know, Apple Music, you know, Pandora, YouTube, and just say happy music playlist. A mm. lot will pop up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, so at the end uh, of the podcast, I was asked the same three questions. And uh, okay. number one is, what does happiness mean to you? <laughs> ah, what does happiness mean to me that's a great question i would say happiness to me is a state of being where i feel connected with myself and others around me beautiful and uh, what do you do to be happy Dance. What do I do to be happy? <laughs> yeah. Dance is one of it. I would say even movement, uh, you know, because, yeah, just dance, definitely dance and listening to music, definitely. Uh, also mm. talking to people, actually, talking to people. I mean, mm. I've, I've, there's been a time in my life where, excuse me, um, you know, I was, I really needed to talk to a friend and I just got in the car and drove nine hours to go talk to one of my close friends that we've known each other for a while, wow. right? <laughs> and 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 that that comes from, I know what I need and now I'm going, you know, it's like, cause I could, I just called and what I did was I called and I was like, hey, are you, are you traveling this weekend or are you home? Home, okay, I'm coming over. See you nine hours. <laughs> All right, are you sure? Yes, bye-bye, see you soon. <laughs> and that was it, you know? Because I felt like, okay, I needed a change of environment. I So, yes. So, so I mean, we'll talk more. Change of environment does help. If you're mm. feeling a certain way and, and you're needing a change, 
to feel better, change of environment. So change of environment, talk to people who care about you or people. So anyway, mm. the question was, what do I do to feel happy? Dancing, yes. Talking to people, getting out in nature, so change your environment, or go hang out with a friend. That's very good. But I feel like what you were actually saying is also kind of listening to your needs and know what you need and know, you know, what you want. And then you say, like, go and, and get it. What was the happiest moment in your life? Uh, okay so i want to say every day because every day is a happy day um and and i gotta say this so i tell people i don't have bad days i have bad moments mm. so things do happen that may not be pleasant but that doesn't define my day right so i can take the moment for what it is and then move on from it so mm. that's another thing I wanted to drop there. Uh, so happiest day, well, I'll say happiest moments. I have lots of it. I mean, when I'm on stage performing, it's wild. Like, it's, it's just, you know, I feel good. I'm in my body. I'm in my soul. I'm all connected. I'm grooving to the music. That's great. When I'm in front of an audience speaking, that feels great, too. I feel happy. When I'm in front of a class, like teaching a dance fitness class, so right now I teach Zumba classes too, you know, that makes me feel great. Like I'm really just happy. When I'm coaching with my clients and they're having breakthroughs and I'm helping them see things they normally would have not seen themselves and open up their mind to new possibilities and helping them design an action step and strategy and supporting them and giving them accountability, I'm happy. Like, My wife knows I get out of coaching calls and I'm running around the house. And it's like, that's so great. That's so great. That's so great. That's so great. I love it. 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 You know, because that's how I feel. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, so, but anyway. Oh, that's amazing. I'm just wondering now. I have to ask you this question because if people hear you or see you, and they can tell that exactly you have very, very many happy moments. But are there ever moments where you're down? <laughs> At the moment where I'm down, so I would say moments when things don't go my way, mm. you know, could could for a moment alter my state. So, mm. and it really, really depends. Like it really, really depends. It really, really depends. You know, it could be I'm tired. I've not gotten enough sleep. You know, and then somebody said something very like nasty, you know, and then, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so here, I wouldn't say down, <clears throat> excuse me, I wouldn't say down, but maybe like pissed off. Could mm. happen, you know, when somebody just says something, I don't know, but usually I walk away from it because I'm in control, right? I'm in control mm. of my emotions. I'm in control of the interpretation that I'm making of the situation. Like as humans, we are meaning machines, if that makes sense, right? Mm. So we're always making meaning of our experience based on our own filters, which include our background, our socialization, cultural beliefs, personal, all of that stuff. That's why same experience, uh, same situation Two people can have a different experience based on the meaning they're making. So, mm. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I do have, yeah. you know, I do have unpleasant moments, but they don't stay long. They don't stay long. So what do you do if you notice you are like pissed off yourself and then like to change it? To leave it yourself? When I notice an unpleasant moment, what do I do? I change my focus. Mm. I ask myself, what's great about this? What could be great about this? What do I have to learn from this? Why has this experience shown up in my reality right now? And what do I have to take away from it? Mm. You know, that's just some of the times I just, so there's been times where I was like, yeah, just shake it out, 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 you know, and that's it, you know, and, and it may not happen immediately, but just that vigorous movement of my body, again, I'm trying to change how I'm feeling. Mm. Um, yeah. Or I call a friend and say, you know, I'm really, you know, this thing really is getting to me and I don't know why. Help me see what I'm not seeing. Mm. That's a good question. That is a yeah. very good question to ask. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. And then uh, last question. Is there a book uh, which really inspired you you would like to recommend? A book that really inspired me that I'd like to recommend? There's a lot. The one that comes to mind right now is Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Mm. Good one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's a must read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. If you can really read the book and practice the the things there, yes, it's it's a must read. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time, and that was a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of uh, movement, and a very happy thank conversation. You. I hope also for everybody who's uh, watching and listening. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And please keep doing what you're doing. And I will put all your details in the show notes, all the book you mentioned. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank you so much, Nadine. It was great being here. Thank you. <laughs> and bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode and you could get a lot of inspiration for yourself. You feel motivated and empowered take your life in your hands and you know when you're struggling with something you can always ask for help ask the people around you ask friends ask strangers get inspired read books whatever you can do ask yourself did you really try everything and i also love the question help me to see what i'm not seeing that's a good one you can take away to ask your friends and also yeah know what you need and go for it so thank you, Danny Lara, for sharing your wisdom. And I put all the links in the show notes so you can contact him. Also, if you want to book a free clarity session with me, you can find my contact details in the show notes as well. I wish you a beautiful morning or day or evening or night whenever you're listening to this. Love and namaste.